I had heard of this thing, this like idea of, of a thing that like cools your bed. I just never, that's not true. I just was like, there must be something, right? Yeah, there's no just be a unique way. problem for me. Yeah, there's person. no way that sleep can be this. There's got to be a better way. <laughs> you're like you're like one of those people in an infomercial. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. There's an infomercial who's like, oh. <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 339 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm recovered from my COVID booster. I'm Sam, and I'm about to make a turkey. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and turkey. Today is November 24th, 2021. Dunk on everyone. And before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show. Uh, we'd also like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Uh, we've got a, yet another donation from Bam182 who says uh, R. Okay. S- this you is all his are, third, is the three words third so donation. Yeah, you all are. We've got it's a real it's a real trickle. Last week we talked about how he could have saved some cash by doing a y'all, but he could have also done a yaller. Yaller. You know, just yeah. put an apostrophe mm-hmm. already at the end of that y'all. Y'all are yep. one word. Good nice thing about the English language. You just keep slapping apostrophes in yep. there. Just keep going. Just keep I going. wonder if I wonder if by the time this is done, the whole thing could have been one contraction. Y'all are. You oh, yeah. what, could you, what could you add to y'all are y'all are y'all y'all learned. So if he if not is mm. the next one, technically yeah, that not. could have been part of it. Yeah, y'all y'all aren't. Y'all it's hard to get much further yeah. than that. I don't know if you could go much further, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like y'all learned. That should be a that's it that feels works, good. Right? It feels yallerned. 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 I like yallerned. You got yeah. You got yaller and you got yallerned. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, once you start getting into five word contractions, I think that's where you start to lose the things fall apart lose a little the bit. thread. Yeah. yeah. If there you can think of if you can think of something that extends that, come hop into the to the, to the Discord and just uh, y'all post it in there. I want to I want to see what the longest. Otherwise, uh, grammatically like sensible, you know, um, like yeah. collection I, I of also, contractions you can stick together. Like, what is the longest collection of words? What's can the be longest together? Because there's also there's also like long words that, that kind of come. Like, I like sh- shouldn't have. Yeah, yes. shouldn't have. <laughs> shouldn't have or wouldn't y'all have. Are, wouldn't have. Y'all, y'all learned. Y'all are. Yeah. So, and you can use any any like English vernacular because like each one's its own little sublanguage. So, yeah, let's like, go. Rules. That's fine. Like but also, let's one you get find, some new ones. The longest one. Let's some get new some one. new ones in there. Let's get some new ones too. Yeah. If you think of anything like really just that you think would be useful, well, like here's the know. problem, right? It's like all the contractions are for words that go between nouns and verbs, right? Like you don't you like oh. the word the word great, for example. You wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to contract that and, sh- and shove it on something because like it's not the kind of word Y'all are glue. Sure. It's not a word glue ob- object. You know what I mean? Yeah, you. Well, it's it, yeah. It's about chopping out vowels. You know, like not becomes nt. Right. right. Not is also not a thing. You know, it's not. An, it's not a noun or an adjective or a verb. So it's almost. Well, like it's, I think it's. You know, it's actually. I think it's the verbal form of cursive. Right. You're you're taking yeah, words yeah, yeah. and you're kind of like because you're not right, actually saving syllables in a lot of cases. Like right. Like you all does save like y'all. Right. Yeah. But wouldn't. And would not use the same number of syllables, right? But, but it just you, it makes it easier to string words together. But it's actually not quite because when you say when you actually say wouldn't while you're talking, you don't even hit the T. It's just wouldn't, you know. You just say oh, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. I, I, yeah, yeah. You just keep on dropping. I it. So you have to. You what? 
I would. Well, although that's true, that's true of not as well, right? Like uh, Americans don't say T's at the end of many yep. words. You just keep on lying through. I would not have done that. Yeah, you only, do, you only you only do it when you're <laughs> emphasizing something, you know. Then you hit the you hit yeah. That. If you oh man, if an American hits you with a hard T at the Move end of watch a word, oh, it, shit's going down. Yep. Mm-hmm. You shit, would not believe this. Shit is going down. <laughs> Quit it. Quit, Quit it. it. Yeah. Or, but or uh, as we talk about with the bears, get you know yeah. that's a that's a very hard T. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't. When you're talking to bears, do not drop the T. They can sense weakness. Mm-hmm. They can sense that you are not serious if you don't hit yep. those T's. Hit those bears. Hit those with T's. hard T's. Okay. <laughs> I hope I hope our all of our microphones they're American uh, bears so are sufficiently <laughs> blocking these T's from being a horrible auditory experience. <laughs> Fat, fat Bard is just there. He's just shaking his head like, God, you guys got a riff on T's, huh? I mean, at least we didn't hit P's because P's is where, we only hit those plosives. That's yeah. Those are the worst. Those are the worst, yeah. I always, I try, to, I try to remember to turn my head a little bit so I don't plose right into the microphone, you know, because. That's my problem. My mic's attached to my face, so I ain't nowhere I no can't escape. No matter where, ain't you nowhere to run. Ain't nowhere, nowhere to run. run. <laughs> Oh, man. All Anyways. right. Well, you know, here's the thing. It's Thanksgiving. I don't care. You know, I'm I'm on vacation, yeah. technically. Uh, I'm not I'm not even I'm not even on the clock right now, you guys. I'm on vacation. Yep. So I'm not even good. I don't have anything. I didn't bring anything to the table for this episode. I got no agenda. Uh, I have no stories. Let's just Great. go into questions. Yeah. We're on vacation. <laughs> We're on vacation. Yeah, let's uh let's amplify other people's agendas. You know? Yeah. Let's be a human megaphone hydra, okay? Mm-hmm. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. Highest up-footed question comes from Fraser, who says, It seems like every handful of quarterlies, you stumble into some fairly major workflow-level issues and need to swivel things up in response. Before the next full analysis comes, do you have any hunches as to what the next of these issues might be? We're currently in the middle of the last one. We just, yeah, we just came off a hard we pivot. We just uh, did this. Yeah. Well, actually, what, I think the, there's, I, I know, I know there's a few things I know I want to explore some more, just like conceptually, but I don't know about those as like necessarily big pivots and stuff. Um, but they mostly have to do with the, the work, understanding what work is being done at the larger scale. You know, because we do our, we do our daily stand ups and stuff to kind of get rid of the opportunity to socialize on the one hand, so you can see each other's eyeballs, you know, all that stuff, um, and to kind of so everybody kind of has a sense of what's going on. So if somebody has a suggestion, then they can like throw it out right there, you know, that sort of deal. Um, but the problem with that has been that because so often in a team that's doing this, the whole team is trying to solve one problem, right? And that's what stand ups are usually for: is to like make sure we have a good picture of what that problem is, so everyone's clear. And then uh, people know how they're going to break up and handle, handle tasks for the day. Um, for us, since everybody is siloed into their own kind of work, then the stand up, using the stand up to like kind of tell people what's going on is hard because you have to add a lot more context than you otherwise would, mm-hmm. since we don't all have the same context. Um, yeah, and what we're, what we're all doing does relate to everybody else's work. Yeah, but we're still fairly independent. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, and of course, the more expertise everybody has developed in the studio in their domains, the harder it is to be like, oh, I'm working on this. And it's hard to explain the thing, but it's also really hard to provide context that is like rockable to the people who don't have that expertise. Um, so there's kind of an interesting thing there, which is this kind of diffused 
uh, awareness of just what's happening, mm-hmm. which I think to an extent is fine as long as somebody knows kind of what's going on overall, right? Um, but I think that that's that's to me that's a source of either basically asking the question: Do we need this at all, or what could we do to make this actually handle the fact that the the context requirements are so high? Uh, and so I think there's going to be some something about that, like the management of the normal uh, work sort of management cycle, the part that synchronizes everybody and says like, Hey, tell us what you're doing. You know? Um, so that's, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really tricky one too, because it's also hard to tell what the different it's, it's hard to define what's needed Yeah, depending on context. So, so for example, uh, so Adam, Adam and I have been doing a lot of pair programming work for these past couple of weeks as we've been building new tools and expanding our, um, our tech for being able to, to add new features to games. So, so Adam and I have been kind of solo, siloed off, kind of working on this stuff. Um, and Sam has been off working on a next big content push for Crashlands 2, which is then going to like basically create a big backlog of stuff that we can then use to put our tools to the test, right? And so uh, yesterday, we kind of came together and we're chatting about stuff and and Sam made the comment of like, man, like I, haven't, I don't even know what's going on over here. Like, Yep. So I want to check in, like, what's, uh, how's it going, right? And the thing is, uh, he actually doesn't need to know. Yeah, the details like, don't like matter. In terms, oh, of, yeah. in terms of, of, we're just moving forward on this thing, right? But, so you could say, like, he's not going to change his decision-making about what he's doing, you know, next week or whatever, based on whether today we're working on, like, you know, sorting, uh, you know, folder trees or whatever versus, you know, like uh, the the specifics of what we're doing don't affect him today. But on the other hand, he does need to know emotionally. It's what is it like? Cause you don't want to be in the dark. Yeah. When you're you're like, cause eventually, eventually it is the case that my work does intersect with yours. And also I know how engineering can go, which is that you can go fly off the handle working on some shit that not necessarily actually the highest priority if you've been off on your own for a while. Right. Yeah. Not just yeah. you. I mean, there's like a general, right? It's very easy yeah. to go. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not just it's engineering either, right? It's literally just any problem Any solving. problem. Yeah. Any yeah. problem Any solving. Problem solving if you don't have a source of external feedback for somebody who's a little less in the weeds. Right. Then, yeah. But yeah, yeah but, 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 this is, but this has been the issue is that, is that actually all of these things that we're trying to accomplish have been mixed together into, yes. okay, do the stand up because you kind of could tell people what's going on. So everybody has an eye like, oh, that seems like you're getting off track. Maybe I should go investigate, right? Uh, or ooh, now I know what's going on there, so I have a sense of like when I when I should be trying to get this other thing done or or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and also just like being informed, right? These are all actually separate problems that require if you're going to try to actually solve them, you know, require more specific solutions. Mm-hmm. And I think so. I think that's kind of where there's some progress to be made, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know what that would look like, and I don't think it's a fundamental like it's not as big of a. No, I don't, I don't think it's going to shift. I think it's just going to make some aspects of like the work just a little better, right? Yeah. But I don't yeah. think it's going to be a big seismic. My shift. take on it is well, basically like you know we do quarter by quarter. We'll we'll find the next thing. Like like the bottleneck always moves around, right? In the case if you're doing good DevOps work, and I think it's just kind of the same thing, which is we'll do a big shakeup. Usually, actually, like once every six months or so. As far as like oh, we found a, a thing, and then we kind of well, you know, kind of change up how stuff works, and then it, and then you just kind of. You get into the groove of the thing, which takes a little bit, a couple months, and then you're just doing it for some amount of time, long enough that you 
hit the point where you now see the other problems that have come up because of that. Yeah. Either shift because of, or now that this one isn't taking focus, then they kind of yeah. have more light shed on them. So I, I have a bet. My bet is that is that it's going to go one of two ways because our, our focus now is basically saying we want to put as much time as we can into continually expanding our ability to implement content just across the, across the team, right? To develop new game features and implement content and offload that from me as the programmer and make that more of just like a tooling problem. So one possibility is that is that the tools expand the capability enough that the demand for the tools goes up a lot, right? Because previously, if people couldn't do anything because we didn't have any tools, then there's no... It's like we talked about, uh, I think it was the last episode, about how like whenever we release a new feature for Levelhead, the next, the immediate next thing is people being like, yeah, but what about, right? Because like since we added a new feature, then that invites more ideas, right? And so once we have expanded tools uh, for Crash Ends 2 development, then that's going to invite a whole new host of ideas that we never would have even seen or thought of before. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to just have this like infinite tooling backlog of, of new stuff. That, like if we just got those things made, what we could achieve would be ridiculous, right? Uh, so that will be a problem we would have to figure out, mm-hmm. right? Or the flip side of that is that our tools do a good enough job uh, already, kind of like just by having them at the beginning, that that the demand for content is the new bottleneck, yes. right? Because like now suddenly we have the ability to get all kinds of stuff in the game and the ability to to handle it and handle all the complexities and stuff. And we have we then have to ask like, you know, are we are we meeting our targets for like what we want this game to be based yeah, on the pace of how we're getting content in? You know, yeah, I think it's going to be my guess is and the intent actually with this is to purposely move it into either a content bottleneck problem or a uh, essentially a um, a content quality problem which is to say mm-hmm. if it's suddenly very easy just like throw a ton of stuff in there uh, you actually you develop a different problem entirely which is how do you make sure that all of it is good in a way that doesn't actually take a tremendous amount of excess time on the back end. Yeah, because, right, because now mode. stuff doesn't need the same amount, doesn't require the same amount of collaboration. Exactly. Collaboration or or, or sign off or whatever. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So, so something if yeah, if, if one person could see something through from start to finish, put it into the game and nobody else actually sees it. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's like that actually is a big problem. But I think that's yeah, where because, you get into I mean, the weekly playthroughs. That's like where that would make sense finally, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, like I've put in six I put in like six different things this week. Uh, you know, someone else added a bunch of other things to the game. And then on Friday, you know, a couple of people who are the sort of major stakeholders on the overall quality of the game play it as a whole thing and then be like, this yeah. is how it's all fucked. And then you yeah. on Monday, Tuesday, you fix all it, right? Um, but, that, but that also <laughs> so. that also means that we'll have another problem too, which is so so right now all of the change logs that go into the game are generated by me through git commits. Yes. Yeah. But if the content that goes into the game is actually handled separately via this other tool, right? Then there will be new content going into the game, but it's actually coming from an external source, right? Mm-hmm. That isn't that isn't being logged directly by me through these Git commits. It's there's going to be some other thing, right? Um, which implies that that there could be a blind spot for us not actually being able to see version by version, all the stuff that goes in, unless we update our tooling to make sure that those things yep. get 
snapshot. Well, we already had this exact problem with our with our Bscotch pack, our centralized kind of mm-hmm. toolkit with all of our shared code and everything. Uh, because we just had a, a a tool that basically just slurps the stuff out of that we want into our, all of our games. Um, but that thing gets a lot of updates because it's a central repository of all of our dope stuff, you know. So uh, for a long period of time, until very recently. Um, after we'd first gotten that running, it was the case that if you wanted to know what has changed in that, you went to its patch notes, right? So you go like, look at what's been changing there. Um, but you couldn't actually go to one of the games, like in between two versions, the stuff that changed from there, like in that collection of content, was not at all visible in the change game. logs for the game yeah. because it because that, that just sort of like what Seth was talking about here, they just got slurped into the game at some point and just became part of some update but the person pulling it in didn't like go through and like try to find all the changes and then also put them in there. Right. And I believe we actually fixed that. I think yep. yeah. for at least for that part, but yeah, it's the same kind of problem, which is we need some way to keep track of what has changed in a meaningful way. Right. So that we can, uh, so that mostly so that QA can test stuff, but also so that as we're evaluating progress, we know how and know what to look at. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost all problems are visibility problems. Yeah. Like, and so, so if we if we change our process a lot and make a bunch of new things start happening that weren't happening before, if we're not careful about making a lot of automated ways to capture and visualize what's happening and check in on it, then that's where the new problems are going to come yep. up, right? So, uh, you know, we'll see. But yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, next question comes from Mal Rompa Kimakwampa, who says, <laughs> "Who says, how do you sleep at night? Poorly. Not as a not as a joke. I just got my first nine to five job since the pandemic as a data analyst, and I'm so tired when I get home after staring at screens all day. Mm-hmm. So this is that irony of like being so tired, but then not sleeping, sleeping well. well. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a bunch. So what's of the what's the trick? Yeah. So, what's the trick? So my strategy was got? for the first 32 years of my life was to sleep terribly due to having ADHD and overheating. Both mm-hmm. those are really bad combinations. Do you think those are connected? It's, it's, it's definitely it's possible. It's that, possible that the overheating is just your brain's CPU just not having enough liquid cooling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that. Um, I mean, I bathed as much glucose as I could, but I should have cooled the glucose first, you know, like eat some cold ice cream or something. Yeah. Which I guess yeah. I also do, so that didn't help any. Uh, so, <laughs> so for most of so for most of my life, I would basically just take a few, take hours to get to sleep, not be really sure if I even slept, though I must have because I didn't die. Um, but like, didn't feel like I was <laughs> sleeping, you know. And uh, then I'd wake up and feel terrible, and and then throughout the night, I would just vaguely remember having woken up, so I must have been asleep again. <laughs> but having woken up, just like just drenched in sweat, just like sweating through everything. Uh, and like having some of those nights where like, where like my sheets had gotten wet enough that I became too cold now because like all the water on the sheets, you know, and, uh, so that was, that was most of my life. And then which we talked about the podcast before, at one point I got so fucking tired of it. I had heard of this thing, this like idea of, of a thing that like cools your bed. I just never, that's not even true. I just was like, there must be something. Right, yeah, there's this no can't just be a unique way. problem for me. Yeah, there's no way that sleep can be this. There's shitty. got to be a better way. Somebody <laughs> has to solve the infomercial. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Who's an infomercial? Who's yeah, like, like tossing, uh, and turning? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Somebody must have 
done this, right? <laughs> so then I started like searching for that and stumbled across this uh, Bedjet company. Um, and I was looking at the thing and they had, had first of all, stellar marketing materials of a very hilarious uh, sort of commercial for this. Um, but uh, so, you know, that, that kind of piqued my interest. And I was reading about it. It literally blows air at a specific temperature into your bed. That's it. It's an air conditioner for your bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really expensive. You know, so I was like looking at it, but it was the top thing that came up every time I looked anywhere. I was looking at it. It was like so expensive. But I hadn't slept well for 32 years, you know. So... <laughs> So I was like, and they had a so pretty good trip. So what health costs have you probably incurred? A lot. By Certainly just like ass. mood costs and like having a good yeah. life cost, you know? If you think about it in another way, you've been saving up for the bed jet right. for <laughs> two years. Which basically really, makes it free at that point. Mo- yeah, month by month, you're just putting pennies toward that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was like, t- like that's ten- super cheap. That's true. It was basically $10 a year I'd been saving, right? For, yeah, that's for- no problem. Uh, so, so I went and looked at it and I was like, okay, I'm going to get this thing. And I talked to my, but and they had a good return policy, at least at that time. It was a few years ago. Um, and, uh, so I was like, okay, if it doesn't work, I can just return it. It's no big deal. You know? And I asked my wife if she, and this is also in the middle of winter, which is the worst time because like, it's really cold. So then like you have a lot of extra blankets, but then you get hot and you know. And so, so I asked my wife if she wanted to try one and she was like, so we were like looking through the things, you know, and, and it talked about how there's like this super heat mode you can turn on like in the winter and just like blast like 95 degree air or actually more than that. It's like hundred degree air, like into the bed. It's hot. It's hot uh, for like 10 minutes. Right. So you can like pre-warm your bed. And so she read that. This thing just sounds like, like a nightmare to me. But uh, to me, yeah, obviously horrible. <laughs> but she was like, just, oh, I'm yeah. sweating thinking about it. Hold yeah, on. I know. Hold oh. on. Uh, but so she was like, okay. Yeah, so, so then we got two cause that we can, you know, control them independently. And we got, the, and we bought the sheet that has like two pockets in it so you can hook them in or whatever. So we did the whole thing. We're like, we're going to go all in the way you're supposed to do this and just like see if it works. And, uh, and it took a little finagling to get like, to figure out what the temperature, cause I've, I've never thought about what temperature should be on my human body while I sleep. You know, it's a, it's a surprisingly difficult question to answer. It turns out. Um, but so, so he hooks him up mm-hmm. and the first night my wife was already sold because it was cold. It's middle winter. And it also comes with a remote and there's also an app on your phone. So you can like control it from anywhere, you know? So she was brushing her teeth, getting ready for bed. Then she was like, oh, yeah. Then she like went to the app and turned on the super heat button. And that was it. So she did that, right? <laughs> then we came back and got in bed. And it had just finished. It was like collapsing back down after the air was deflating out, you know? And she got under the covers and just started cackling because it was like, you know, slipping into this like super warm. Just little so hot. It, you know, and, yep. uh, and then my side, because we were separate, right? It was actually pretty well insulated, it turned out. It's so, like I didn't have to suffer the, the heat coming from over there. Uh, and after a few weeks of like tuning it and like figuring out what temperatures worked, like trying stuff and whatever, I got to the point where um, I just stopped waking up hot. Just didn't yep. happen. I didn't wake up sweaty. I don't even seem to be sweating at all. If anything, I actually have to just like lotion myself more because I get dried out from, <laughs> from all the airflow. But like, so, so it turns out, yeah, not sweating and overheating all night is like actually good, really helpful. I think this is what you, you got to know. Like, what's what's the reason why you're yeah, sleeping what's poorly? Because if this is related to a job, though. This is what I want to get at, which is like if you're in your job, if you've been, if you just sit the whole day, which most people do on accident, because like you'll, if you kind of get into a groove or something, you typically literally don't get up, which is terrible, uh, genuinely terrible for your sleep. Like, not even kidding. Like, if you, it'll both make your body hurt, which isn't good for sleep, but then also just like the, the total lack of any motion during the whole, whole stretch of the day, uh, is like the just one of the fastest ways to make it so that you don't have any good sleep going on because you haven't like. You burned basically any like bodily energy the whole fucking day, right? Probably your body is like, 
Yeah, normally this is where I would sleep to kind of recover from the fact that you used your body just at all, but mm-hmm. you you didn't. So we probably don't need to do this whole sleep thing. So I'm not going really, to I'm not going to jack up the sleep juices or whatever yeah, they call so, it. <laughs> like uh, there's a reason why you have like recess and stuff, right? In school. And there's actually no reason why it should stop to be honest with you, but like if you can find Well, there's a way one to- reason, which is that adults uh, stink horribly once yeah. they start sweating. They do, but even like- I mean, even, so do kids, but like adults way worse. Even like 15, like you don't have to go full bore, like uh, you don't have to go run like three miles or something, but even like, you know, a couple of walks during the, during your workday um, or any kind of like actual, literally 15, just 15 minutes. If you get 15 minutes of like actual, you know, exercise in during your day, uh, it makes a big difference on going to bed. And then you have to ask the question, what's, what are you doing when you wake up? And what are you doing when you, for like going to bed? Like, do you have any rituals around these things or are they just like arbitrarily happening? Because that's what happened for a lot of people during the pandemic. Because like a lot of people's sleep got You're, real fucked, yeah. right? You're sort of staying up late, being doom scrolling, getting up early and immediately doom scrolling again and then going to work. And then you're like, why am I so tired? I love that <laughs> well, term. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, which literally just means like reading social media. Right? It really, it really That's what doom stuff. scrolling is. <laughs> um, it's what I think yeah. you, gotta, you gotta dive into a few of those pieces and see which one you're messing up. And then, yeah, see if there's tools. So, like, if it's like, oh, yeah, I literally am just too hot, you know, that's kind of a tooling problem for sleeping. If it's because yeah. you have back pain when you're sleeping, it's either it's a, a bad mattress. It's either a mattress problem or you're doing some, or a combination with sitting too much during the day. And then, if it's just like you just can't sleep, I guess you just can't sleep, quote unquote. It's probably because you got some real uh, dumb habits, to be honest with you, that like have developed over the course of coping with the fact that we've been living through a, frankly, largely globally traumatizing time for about two years. Uh, and there's a lot of, it has, a lot of it stuff hasn't to undo. Been, it hasn't been great. Yeah. One thing, one thing you could do, though, and again, this is, okay, DevOps. It's always a visibility problem. It's a visibility yeah. problem. Well, it's, and it's, right. and it's like, finding like, the bottlenecks. It's like, where where's the yeah. biggest problem that's causing the most thing? You got to trace it back. You got to get some visibility on the mm-hmm. workflows. What's, yeah. What is happening? So, so how do you do that, right? So one of the things that, that works super well for people who are dealing with dietary issues is a food journal, mm-hmm. right? Because now suddenly you're looking, you can see, you can see what you're doing and you can adjust more easily. Do it, do sleep it with sleep. Yep. Yep. Figure out figure out a process. Basically, you need to log like you need to when you wake up in the morning. You need to log log some kind of a rating system. Like, how did I sleep? How much did how much do I think did I, that I slept over the course? How of hard was it to wake good? up? How many times did I snooze the alarm? Yeah, and then you got to trace that back to like also log what did you do the night before? Mm-hmm. When did you go yep. to sleep? Did you were you on your phone? When was the last time you had caffeine over the course mm-hmm. of the day? Did you exercise? You know. Uh, did you like read a book before bed and got super jazzed about it? And then you, you know, couldn't sleep cause you were thinking about, I don't know, magic Eagles or whatever you were reading. About. Uh, yeah. So like you gotta just, just log it for like two weeks yep. yeah, and you will, you'll, 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 yeah, don't just log it. And like, you won't even need to change anything on purpose because just by logging it, you will see the patterns and start automatically adjusting. Cause you'll be like, dang. I'm doing real dumb stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can tell you, like, if yeah. I if I have my tablet, if I if I touch my tablet while I'm it's in It's cursed. It's cursed. I, I it's like it's like a plus 40 minutes to bedtime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't I can't touch it and then just like put it down. It's like if I'm gonna play a short game of uh like team fight tactics or something before bed, just just to quote, quote, wind down. Fuck no, I'm winding up for yeah, a gaming session. Now. Down. It's three hours long, right? It's like I can't, you know. It's also the, how light impacts it too, right? Because looking at a because look at a screen, even even no matter what's on, like no matter what you're yeah. looking at, whether it's exciting or boring or whatever, if you're looking at a LED lit light source, 
Um, even if it's the ones that adjust themselves into like the redder spectrum, which you should definitely turn on because most phones today have that where you can be like, oh, there's the night mode where it either goes into grayscale or goes into red hues. Red. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely do that if you're going to stay on your phone. Uh, but just really any light source that the beam is right into your eyes that is fairly bright um, keeps your brain somewhat turned on because a lot of what your brain does is respond to lighting conditions when it comes to sleep, right? And so I know for me, and I'm currently not practicing good habits, but for me, when I've slept the best has been when I uh, stopped using any um, backlit screen. screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the latest, by like 9 p.m. I try to go to sleep by like 11, so like with a two-hour window, right? Yeah. Um, but at the at the latest, because ideally it's before mm-hmm. that. And for my ADHD brain, I try to stop working on anything interesting by like 7 p.m. Yep. Because that is really fucking hard <laughs> To turn that off and actually I mean mm-hmm. you can't so you just have to hope that if you stop early enough and and then try to do other things that maybe you can you know, stop thinking about this it. is where for me the working out really hard at some point or I usually like to work around like two or three in the afternoon if I work out really hard then I can actually I can more easily still do stuff at like seven or eight p.m. because I actually get exhausted like I'm tired, tired. <laughs> yeah uh, so it's a sort of way like you start finding these little pieces right to kind of cobble together a strat for like and like a, yeah, 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 but you so, got to see them though. You got to yeah, see. So them. And, and there is no, there's no one solution, you know. It's so like if, if somebody just yeah. if somebody tells you, oh, you just got to like stop looking at screens a little earlier. It's like okay, that might help a little bit. If somebody says, oh, you just got to like exercise. It's like yeah, that's going to help a little bit, right? But the question is for you, what is what are the worst problems? What are the collection problems? What are the worst ones, right? Because like for me, mine has always been getting my brain to turn off. Just that's, well, I guess it's the heat first, right? That was always the biggest problem, which I solved using technology because it's the only way to solve that. Uh, and the technology could be different blankets, right? Oh, yeah, actually, another pro tip. There's always that difference between how you're supposed to do things, right? In the sort of like mm-hmm. vague cultural sense and what you should actually do, though, like practically, you know? Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to like our bedroom spaces, we've all been taught that they're supposed to look a certain way, right? The bed is supposed to like have a comforter on it, be very fancy, right? You have these like all these pillows um, that are like, and, and people like just sell you this kind of stuff. And they sell you the, the picture of what it looks like to be an adult human being with a bed, right? You got that Martha Stewart bed going on, yep. right? Like, look, it's just supposed to look like. It could be in a it magazine, amazing, right? And, and you could, <laughs> and, it, and it is possible to have that and have it be a good sleeping experience, right? Oh yeah. But the problem is, is that that's not what is being sold to you by default. What's being sold to you is the is that appearance, right? And because we focus so much on the appearance, then it's really easy to end up with stuff that like looks great. Yeah, sure. But the th- you have to fucking sleep in there though. Like that's what the that's what that is actually for. It's not. It's a tool. It's not. It's a tool. It's not for looking at. Ideally, you can get both, and you can. Definitely make that happen, but you have to do that on purpose because the stuff that you buy by default is just trying to look a certain way, right? It's not trying to help a certain way. And the other thing too is if you sleep with a partner in the same bed, you have to accept that the two, any two people do not need the same sleeping conditions. In fact, or more accurately, need different sleeping conditions, right? And so you have to make sure that you are not forcing your partner and vice versa to like go with your conditions, whatever those are, Right. Yeah, which is 100% true all of the time if you're sharing a blanket, which yes. I still don't know why people do that. <laughs> yeah, because and, and like the reason that for now my wife and I think this actually now works is because we have separate bed jets that inflate a thing underneath the, like the top covers, which means now the bed can look however we want. It doesn't matter because 
the part that actually handles temperature is separately controlled mm-hmm. by both of us. You know, these are the bad things. But we just have extra blankets on top on my just on my wife's side. Yeah, exactly. Cool yeah, you need you need something because like the the problem seems to be always that like it's two like it's two people ish in a bed, right? And even if it's one person, you're like if you're focusing on the wrong or there's thing, an animal involved. I mean, shit. Yeah, for, yeah if there's an animal, there, get okay. it out. Yeah, get it out of the yeah. bedroom. That's, but there's 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 also something that I believe to be a truism, meaning it's it's true most of the time. Mm-hmm. That every relationship has a hot person and a cold person. <laughs> it seems to be the case. It is true. It's, and it's, it's not, a fun it's question not a, to ask people. Yeah, and it's not a gender thing. It's not. It's just like one person is hot and one person is cold. Yep. I don't know which one it is, but it's going to be one person hot and one person cold. Because, <laughs> uh, yep. you know, if you talk to any couple, any, it's never like, oh, yeah, we have exactly the same sleeping preferences. So we just, no, there's no problem. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's never, but it's almost never the always case. basically like one person wins and the other person suffers, or they both compromise and both suffer, and like that's what the sleeping conditions right. are for people, which is an insane way to spend a third of your alive life, right? It's uh-huh. just, Especially the most restorative part of it. Yeah, it's just sleeping poorly yeah. because like you need different things, and instead of getting those two different yep. things, you're like, let's just meet in the middle and both have a bad experience. You know, like that doesn't doesn't fucking. In a way, track. it's kind of it's kind of like if it was, oh yeah, I really like the quiet, but uh, my. Significant other really loves just blasting stuff on the boombox and mm-hmm. listening to listening to music. So you know the house is just loud, and I'm sad all the time. Yeah. Or, or there's no music at all, and my partner's sad all the time. Right? How about headphones? Maybe yeah, like headphones what's, what's, <laughs> everybody gets what they need. There's a tool you can use to solve this problem. Yeah. So I think that's uh, to me that's the big one. Is is we're all taught like we're just supposed to like just compromise on like everything. But I think it's because we mix purposes. Like we kind of t- talked about earlier for the stand-ups, right? Mm-hmm. Like a bed serves too many purposes because yeah. the sleep part as a tool part mo- for like for most of the time for most like especially for couples, but also just as an individual person, if the if the bed is supposed to look good to make your bedroom look a certain way. If it's supposed to serve different functions, to, like for things that you do in it, where sleep is one of those, um, then like, and then we also have all these like ideas about it, that if somebody like just can't sleep well with another person in the bed because like of any commotion or because of the body heat or whatever, they just like can't, then it's okay to have a separate bed to sleep in, you know? Like, yeah, people get weird about that too. Yeah. But that yeah, doesn't it's like, like, it's like if you're, if you're a couple or whatever, like you have to sleep in the same bed. Otherwise that's a sign that there's like something wrong in the relationship or whatever. Yeah. And it can yeah. be if the reason you're it sleeping in a separate bed is because there are problems with the relationship. Right. But if the reason <laughs> yeah. is but because. But maybe one of you thrashes around like you're wrestling an alligator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All night. Yeah. And, <laughs> or uh, maybe yeah. one of you, maybe one of you snores super loud and well, the I, other uh, person literally can't sleep. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I have okay, a well, sleep related okay. soapbox to get on, which is that, mm-hmm. uh, tempur or memory foam mattress are not universally better. No, that's true. And especially depending on the kind of sleeper you are. I'm a side sleeper, and I also get hot. Guess what memory foam is really bad at? Making you not hot. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like the hottest shit yeah. on the planet. Yeah. Uh, I slept on a on a, a box street mattress, sort of like on accident, basically, because as we were, when we were staying at my wife's house, for the first time in I don't even know how long, probably you know 20 years or something. Slept like a baby. Been sleeping like a baby. We got we got a <laughs> couple of different ones uh, uh, in the new house because we, uh, with the in laws and stuff, and we tried sleeping on like the, one of them's one of one one of the memory foam. So on that slept on that one. Tried out uh, ones like a sort of a other kind of memory foam. It's supposed to be very cooling. It's not compared to a box spring. Like the memory cooling foam. Memory is, foam. 
It yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like they're adding, they have to add so many layers of, they're like, it's infused with copper to help like heat sink out, you know, the heat from like gel stuff that helps heat sink out from your body. And then the box <laughs> spring is just over there like, I'm cold, like by default. Like, yeah, it's not that's a, my whole thing. Yeah, there, so <laughs> there's these things where also I feel like, uh, you know, there's been, especially in the sleeping field, there's so much about like memory foam and about tempopedics and all that stuff. And they, I, for me, I think personally, they've always, they always felt like they were actually sort of like the target thing. And I didn't realize that actually like it, they're they actually sort of functionally, they said they've, they're great for a certain kind of sleeper, but actually not for everybody. Which is actually true for Which literally every sleeping device in the fucking universe, you know, like, yes. And, and like the idea that like, you know, one bed hardness, you know, stiffness, whatever is sufficient. One level of like how cool or hot the thing is, is sufficient. Like, like pillows, right? Like the pillow that I use, like I've been using now for literally like five years because the chance of me finding a new pillow that I can manage to make not make my neck break is like zero, right? My wife can't use that pillow because she like it will break her neck. I can't use her pillows because it will break my neck, right? And she's been on a mission for literally like a decade trying to find a pillow that she can reliably wake up not feeling like something is damaged, right? Mm -hmm. Still without success. Uh so like, no, nobody needs yeah. the same things. I mean, this is really even use a pillow. What do you what? mean you don't use a pillow? What? Yeah. How do you, what? When I was uh, staying in India, uh, yeah, the the beds were uh, like wood, like a wood base, and then uh, like a one inch thick sort of like pad as the mattress. I slept great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't you don't need something that's like like three feet thick and like made of like fucking space, space material. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. I'm not Just like try some, try stuff and see see what see what works. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know, you gotta you gotta be willing to look at what you're doing, mm -hmm. and figure yeah. and like document it, log it, make some adjustments, and then log the results. Yeah. And, and if you sleep in the same out. bed with somebody, then you need to be having very open. Clear communication because people always make this about like people's being people's fault and shit. It's like oh you like oh you snore and I can't sleep or oh it's too hot whatever. It was like okay the problem is that is not that a person is the problem right. It's that the two of you have something just incompatible going on with respect to sleeping, which isn't a judgment or not something moralistic judgment. about it. It's just a thing that's happening. Yeah, snoring is not a judgment. <laughs> like if you if you like it's an. It's, it's an involuntary just, thing. It's a thing that somebody just doesn't. Like, it's happening to the snorer just as yeah. much as it's happening you think to other people. They're trying to, you know. Like it's, <laughs> it's an absurd thing to do to like blame people for like, oh, like you get so hot now I can't sleep, right? Because what that what that is is like, oh, you get really hot like just at night, and like for me that makes it hard to sleep. So we need to find a way for like me to not. They're get just facts. Hot when you're hot, they're just, just facts. facts. Those are just those are just facts. Just facts. Yeah. Um, yeah, and try to and again and try to pay attention to where you're mixing things because. Or where you're mixing purposes. Because like, one of the things that I've realized in the past few years in particular, but yeah, is that so much of the problems that we like just are suffering through are basically coming from two sources. One is it's the way things are supposed to be, and we've never questioned why the fuck is it like that. And then two is that we're using one thing to solve multiple problems, right? Because if you're doing that, it cannot solve all of them equally well. And so that's things like meals are both a social activity and how you get nutrition, right? That's an insane thing to pair together, actually, just for practical reasons. Uh, and so that doesn't mean you have to stop doing that. It means, like, realize that those are actually two separate problems. And if you treat them as one, that's where you start to get into these, all these problems about, like, wrapped up in what you did or did not eat, what kind of food you're providing for people, if you eat too much or eat too little. Because, like, culturally, you can, you can eat too much culturally, 
or too little, right? Where like, if you go to a dinner and someone's like trying to feed you and you get full, mm-hmm. it's yeah. rude for you to say you don't want anymore, right? Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. doesn't make any sense. That's like, the, so you're basically like, so anyway, that's the, try to recognize where these things are getting mixed so that you can start talking through them with the people around you and accepting, and not accepting, realizing that most of the time for most things, you have a lot more control over that thing than you think. As long as you have a, as long as the other stakeholders involved are also acting in good faith and can be like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, maybe we should think about that, right? Yeah, because it's it's about talking about it as a, as a structural issue, not yeah. as a, not as a, I just need to figure out how to sleep better through sheer willpower and determination. Mm-hmm. And my lack of sleep is, you know, it's, be, it's because of personal failings. It's because I suck so much and I'm a bad person, no, right? No, it. no, it's that, it's just that there's something wrong with your setup. Yeah. Just just fix your setup. It's nothing about you. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question from Captain Jazz, who says, if you could teach any subject, could be grade school or higher level education, also assume you'd be teaching students that want to learn the subject instead of, mm, you know, the problem students. Big assumption. What would it be? <laughs> well, I, just, I think it's an interesting, I'm not going to go like really into it, but that, that dichotomy between the people who want to learn and the problem students I think it's interesting because in my experience dealing teaching, but also as a student, the ones who are the biggest problem were the ones who were there ostensibly to learn, right? But not actually. As in like, it wasn't the students who were like, fuck this, I'm like, I'm leaving or whatever, right? Or the kids who, let's be honest, had undiagnosed ADHD and were not given proper um, help to get through school. Um, But it's the people who are like, who are there to get the good grade, right? They're there to do well on the test. They're there to do all of this kind of stuff because- they're not there to learn the material. They're there to get some outcome that has nothing to do with learning, which is to have- like They're there to do the school. <laughs> because those are actually the ones who refuse to learn, you know? Like, it's, like it's, very, it's very frustrating because- Right, because once they've gotten the grade, it's like, all right, on to the next- Yeah. On to the next And it's thing. what's the shortcut yeah. to get to the grade, right? That's, right. And- uh, That's an interesting, that's an interesting note. Yeah. So, anyway. I thought about that. Neither, neither here nor there, but just I thought that so, was interesting. I I have a thought. Yeah, what's that? I okay. This is this is kind of half formed, but I've been chewing on this. Okay, so like I the subject that I would teach doesn't really have a name, but I and I think that's part of the problem. Okay, the subject would basically be doing stuff. Yeah, it's a good just one. Just how to do things, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it blew my mind how. When I got to college and then law school and stuff, I realized, holy shit, nobody taught me how to study. Oh, yeah. Yep. Nobody yep. taught me even how to think about how to study, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or when I started thinking Isn't that like, fucking oh, wild? Yeah. That we like- we Yeah, like this. that's the whole <laughs> thing, so right? Like, like <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do uh, outside of school. And that's what school is for, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no class on just like- not just, hey, how do you study or like how are ways to study, but also how do you think about coming up with ways to study, mm-hmm. right? And there's this, there's this weird idea that, you, that like problem solving is something that you pick up through just uh, like through doing a million other things yeah. and that problem solving isn't actually a, a subject in and of itself. 
Yeah, I agree. You and know? I think it's it's basically a course on problem solving or because some places kind of get at it, but they always call it something like design thinking. Basically, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Is like, it, yeah, it always has to. It, it always has to be attached fancier. to something else. Yeah, it sounds fancier than it is. I think the weird thing about problem solving is that people. The only way I remember talking about it was actually through like math and science classes, but never. Yeah, yeah. Again, as if like, that's the only place that problems yeah, exist. Like, you know, I have to go write an essay for a class. Like I have currently have a problem, which is like I don't know how to approach this in an effect. Sam, all you do is you write five paragraphs, and the first one is the topic, and the last one is your conclusion. Just go yeah, do it. Right. That's what <laughs> like, but but what? what? Like, yeah, you, so it's so crazy. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm yeah. in agreement there. That's that's the same thing I was going to say, which is basically some, it's a higher level. Critical thought. Critical, yeah, critical thought class about just how to think about thinking about and doing stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's a name for it, but it seems like that subject is actually just the the thing that literally every scenario in your life is going to have at its core, right? Yeah, yeah. it's all the same. Like being able to being able to look at any situation and find ways to break it down, look at it from different angles, analyze it, and find a path forward based on what your goals are and what your constraints are. You know, yeah. and like if, and if you think about all of the like the questions that we get on the podcast and all the things that we talk about for our quarterlies and like just everything that we do day to day. It's always just us trying to refine that skill, right? And identify gaps in our thinking with regard to how we solve problems, right? Because there's always more to learn about it, but we just try to think about like that is actually what we do. And part we, we like we've kind of said this before. This is kind of a weird thing to think about is that is that we make games not necessarily because we're just like so in love with games. We do love games and we love making games. But most importantly, uh, the games industry has a lot of really diverse and wildly interesting and changing problems, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And also we get to make a bunch of problems for ourselves, uh, <laughs> yes. which, are, which are also really interesting and, and hard to figure out. Um, and so it's just a, a super engaging place to be in it. But also like, I think that's probably true of, of every industry. It's just that it was the most oh, yeah. obvious for us in games because we're trying to combine tech and art and music and storytelling and like business and, um, you know, marketing and all, all like just every, every sort of discipline we can think of, we get to kind of touch in some way and, and learn from. But at the, at its core, they all have the same fundamental thing, which is that we have to learn how to approach all these different problems that we face. And there's just no class. Mm-hmm. There's there no class yeah. for that. There's not. Yeah. See, I, I agree with with that. In Otherwise, it would be if it was going to be more specific, it would be something like probably a real, programming. A real subject. <laughs> no, that, like I think no, real. I, I don't think it's about real because because like the critical thinking, I think, is the most important subject that and then is not treated as one or taught. Um, it should so. just be a recurring course. Just every every year. Every well, year. I think there's, I think there's yeah. two recurring courses that you should be they should have every year for no matter what kind of school you go to, which are basically critical thought, basically just how do you solve problems, how do you do stuff, and then practical living. You know, yep. like the, I feel like those are just the same thing. Well, right? no, they're, well they're not quite because one is almost like tips and tricks. Like one is like here's yeah, how the world well, it's like is. kind of esoteric knowledge about taxes and uh, yeah, right. It's like it's that's like, fair. It's you know, like how things happen. are versus thinking about how things are, right? Which are which are two separate things because. The beauty of the thinking about it part is that you get to understand that all of these things are made up by people, right? So they're all fake, uh, fake in the sense of like they aren't handed down from from nature, right? Uh, but just because they're fake or you know arbitrary doesn't mean they don't impact you. 
and doesn't mean you don't have to figure out how they work so that you can do things Manage. within them, especially the things you don't control, right? Which is like literally every aspect Everything. of of living for the most part, except for like, well, yeah, almost all of it. So, so having that like practical living, which is like, okay, banking, fucking dumb, it's super racist. It's a, it's a horrible, it's a horrible institution, right? Uh, historically horrible, still horrible, right? Uh, that's all true, but you still have to be able to use a bank. So on the critical thought class, we talk about how horrible banks are. So that maybe some of these kids come out the other side and they're like, let's fucking redo banking, right? But on the- Now that we know how to do stuff. Now that we know how to do stuff. Because we took our doing stuff class. And then your practical living class, which is, okay, like here's how you navigate the horrible institution. This this isn't great, but like here's how you get- Here's how you get through yep. that part of being a yeah a, oh, yeah like the sheer number of, <laughs> the sheer number of things is that like I've just random random things I've learned on TikTok um, that it just feels like yeah I should have been taught I saw I saw know? one where this dude was like here's how you wrap an extension cord and then he just he did it like instantly and it was just like perfectly wrapped and mm-hmm. uh, not tangled. He's like he's like also it's impossible to tangle. Also it has like a cool little like loop that you can use to hang it on stuff. And I was like what. And it, like he just did yep. a few little arm motions that I had never seen before, and uh, you know I learned something that I day. I saw someone who right? was like, "Here's how you dry shoes." As a as a thirty year old man, who's like, "Here's here's how I figured out how to dry oh, shoes." Oh yeah, I saw that. You just, you just you just put the shoes in the dryer, but pull the laces out, basically you using close them into the door, and then close yeah. the door on the laces. So now they're just hanging there, so they're not getting flung around the dryer and breaking your dryer by being freewheeling shoes that are. Clonking about, they just hang just there hanging inside the dryer, which may not work at all dryers. I don't know because it probably depends on like how it turns and what the doors doing. Oh, and stuff, but, yeah. But, but uh, I was like, I come on, yeah. This, it almost like, sounds like it sounds like life hacks class versus like brain hacks class. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. it's like how do you how do you become a thinking being and how do you critically analyze all the stuff around you because it's all it's all nothing has to be the way that it is, and so that's that one. And then the other one is. But how is it right now, though? But, yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta know, know how it is. You gotta, you gotta know, know how, how it, is it is so that you can, you know, question it and change it over time. But mostly because just to fucking survive, you have to work within these bad yeah, systems that, work. that exist. But also, you know, the the here's how things are class uh, would also be great because it would allow you to cover not just like here's how things are here, but also yeah, here's how here's how. Here's how things are done in a variety of ways around the mm-hmm. world to make sure that you have the perspective that, like, by the way, you know, just just made up. This is how we're doing it, but that's not how it has to happen. It, it could happen pretty much anyway, or not at all in some cases. But mm-hmm. you know, yep. this is you know get a, get that little sampler. It's like when you go to the restaurant, you're like, I don't really know a beer to get. I'm going to order that weird sample beer platter flight. thingy. Yeah, and they just give you like twenty different beers, and you're like, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so little, little biographies of each beer, so you know their life story. You know, yeah, and you try one, and you're like, I don't like that one. I'm not going to order that one anymore. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. you need to be able to do that with like, you know, everything, uh, everything in life. Yeah. So, uh, all right, well, that's uh, all the time we have for this week. Uh, we are now on vacation. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. So uh, we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.